Why is he complimenting you? I just broke something. Yeah. It's not often that a compliment comes my way. You look so, so good over there. Wow. Yeah, what the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> so you broke something really expensive. This is the About Violence Podcast, and um, today's episode, I'm bringing in a friend from a long time ago, a decade ago, Bo Hightower. He, um, back in the, I'll say the dark days of MMA, it was, it was actually like the second generation. The dark days for me go all the way back to like Chuck Liddell and I, um, you know, New Orleans bar fights, um, and they don't really have basements, but underneath the first floor of the street where they'd set up rope rings with cardboard fighting in Tijuana and the Pechanga Cobra. That's dark days. This is like second generation dark days. And it's extra dark when you're in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So the fight camp that I was training out of kind of peak of my career when I was fighting, you know, for world titles was at Jackson Winkle John MMA in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, before they even moved into this new big fancy building right. downtown um, in like meth heroin central the war zone the yeah, literally the like don't say that the city of Albuquerque prohibited cops from filming any more episodes in Albuquerque because they just wanted to film all episodes in Albuquerque because there was so much to do right. gunfights knife fights meth heads it was it's a wild place and if you bring a fighter from you know, Dagestan or Brazil, and you put them into Albuquerque, they will be a drug addict in a matter of weeks. <laughs> so, Bo was, uh, you, you wore a lot of different hats from ultimately, regardless of what the title uh, officially, medically at the time, you were trying to keep us healthy. So, if I got hurt, um, which I got hurt often, I would end up on your table. And you would be doing some wazoo thing on me or you'd be sending me somewhere to, to do um, some form of uh, recovery. Um, Ten years ago, I think is when we met. Yep. All the way up to my retirement yep. um, where my last fight was at a Winkle John's when I said I'm done fighting. Right. Yeah. And here we are now. Yeah. So what's yeah. going on? How are you? Well, I don't own ten businesses like you, but I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So what's life now? So in Albuquerque, yeah, still helping people, still helping people, still um, trying to fix broken bodies. Yep. So even though this is the About Violence po podcast, uh, we we the spectrum of the human condition of healthy, fit, and able to um, ment mentally and physically broken, and and anywhere that you can line up on that spectrum, regardless of where you're at, sure, you can always improve, right, and. Um, even though there's a jujitsu class going on, you know, two walls behind us. Um, you know, we just got done with a boxing workout. It was right. funny. He came in and worked out with us. <laughs> the, uh, you know, we're always trying to, regardless of how old you are or whatever your injuries are, um, I have every excuse to, to not train. Right. I have every excuse to, you know, I was a professional fighter for 17 years. Right. You know, I've been in the military for 20 years. Um, I have every excuse to not train. I have every injury excuse to not train. I have every mental health excuse to not train. But instead, I just continue to try to get a little bit better. Um, from from your seat, what are what are what are ways that you can stay healthy? Yeah, I mean, you're the world's most interesting man. So I, I think you're pretty well ahead of all the stuff that you know that I would talk about. You know, exercising consistently. You know, getting body work when you need it, rolling out, stretching 
heat, cold, yep. you know, all of the above. Getting a good night's sleep is probably the most important thing. So important. Um, I I uh, was the worst at that. The, the military does really bad things for habits. Right. While they teach you great discipline, you know, like they give you great skills, you know, amazing leadership. They also reinforce really unhealthy habits. It's culturally like, man, I, I, I can, you know, get two hours of sleep and I'm good to go tomorrow. You know, right. like I'm, I can work all night long, party after I work all night long and then show up to the first formation to go do a PT run with the team. Right. Um, and I can do that because I'm a badass, right. I'm hard, you know, inversely, when you look at like the Olympic training center, they are mandating eight hours of sleep. Right. The, the idea for me between 20 and 35 to get eight hours of sleep, I doubt that there was a single night in 15 years that I sat eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Now, do you have to like, I'm so disciplined and ready. Like you have to be disciplined about it. Like, cool. I'm not going to be in front of any blue screen device for two hours before I go to bed. Right. You know, like I am going to do cold water immersion within the four hours before I go to bed. Right. You know, like I am going to have an amazing night of intimacy with my, with my significant other, my amazing wife, which is pretty fantastic to help you have a great night's sleep. For sure. You know, I'm going to stay away from carbs for the last 90 minutes before I go to bed. All those tiny little things. Those are, those are disciplined regimented things to make you have better sleep. Right. Um, I journal a lot. I'm journaling right now. I'm like a month into cold water immersion. And for six months, I started journaling my pre-bed routine. And then I had this little ring that would measure how my, my sleep was at night. Right. Um, and I just little tiny tweaks to try to figure out how do I get eight hours of good, healthy sleep, full REM sleep cycles. Um, it's, it's hard. Yeah especially in this world. And what's interesting too, I mean, you have, you have kids and, and uh, you know, they say that the older we get, the less people sleep. And I know a lot of people are insomniacs when they hit their forties and fifties. And so I, I think it is harder, you know, they worry, maybe they're in pain, um, but they're not doing those other things that you're talking about to help them sleep, you yeah. know? And, and sometimes it's just, you know, wearing your body out a little bit, whether it's through exercise or, or the stress of an ice bath or, or a sauna or whatever yeah. else too that can help you sleep or sex or, you know, yeah. for, for men at least. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that, that doesn't work as well for women for whatever reason. That is a huge, hugely overlooked thing is the... As soon as we go... And it's <laughs> yeah. The, um, you know, those 12 to 14 hours of day uptime, mm -hmm. what are you doing cumulatively in that time to, to earn your recovery? Right. You know, the recovery being sleep. Right. If you do nothing all day long, if you're sitting in front of a video game, if you're eating chips and you're having a bunch of sugar and you're having a bunch of caffeine, and then you're telling me that you're having problems sleeping. Right. You Tell know, you why. Fuck off, man. Like, I'm, I, don't, I don't have time to try to lecture you about how healthy life habits um, that obviously are impacting another element of you being a healthy human. Right. It's, uh, it's really frustrating like this. It feels like, and I'm sure you see this, when people come into your office – they do so many unhealthy things, and then they're coming to you for this easy button. Yeah. And there's just not an easy button. Right. And it's getting harder and harder, too. You know, the AMA just made a pretty bold proclamation last year that, you know, BMI is has racist roots and, you know, we shouldn't be using it anymore. And it's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be using it for people that are overly muscular, uh, but not because it's racist. Like yeah. it, is a, it is an indicator of, you know, weight and height, which for most Americans is going to be over fat. Yeah. So do you want us to call them over fat now? I bet you don't because they're sensitive. Yeah. But if somebody comes in and they're 350 pounds and they're over fat and their knee hurts, you know, there's a pretty good reason why. It's because yeah. their quad strength isn't strong enough and they're, 
they're loading that joint with weight consistently, but without the muscle tense. So their tendons yeah. are weak, their meniscus is taking more pressure, and they're probably headed towards a knee replacement. Yeah. You know, and then those aren't easy procedures, you know. Uh, and they're really hard when you're fat. Yeah. And it gets harder the older that you get. When your metabolic the, health and recovering from that yeah. surgery is also going to be a lot worse if, you know, if you're overly fat as well, you know. Blood uh, muscles are very vascular, obviously, so they're good at getting nutrients to areas. But, you know, fat is not, not so much. Yeah. Um, so when you're when you're mostly fat, you know, you get what we call sarcopenia is when you're losing muscle as you age, which we all do to a certain extent. Uh, but you I'm know, fighting you, that, Claude. Yeah, you want to fight it, yeah, man. I'm like to fight that. Yeah, they say after 40, 3% of muscle every year up to 55, and then it's 5 to 6% of right. men are losing 3% of their muscle mass every year. Right. You know, so let's say I'm a 200-pound guy just for easy math, and – Every single year, I'm losing what six pounds mm-hmm. of muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know, you you see kind of the old man body or right. the dad bod. Um, it takes a lot of discipline with diet and workout regimens, and it's not easy. Yeah, and and you know, making sure your joints don't hurt, so you can do your exercise yeah. and, and things like that. And that's a challenge too, obviously, as we age, yeah. as we develop arthritis. And some people are genetically more prone to it than others. Some people just you know, are freaks, but you know, you, you do the best you can with what you got. And the best way to do that, of course, is to make sure that you're exercising every single day, that you're, you know, stressing your muscles, moving your joints, and then, you know, making sure that your muscles don't get too tight and things like that, whether that's through foam rolling, stretching, yoga, you know, yeah. all those kind of things contribute to, to overall joint health, which, you know, the better your body feels, the better your mental health too. So, yeah, yeah it's so interconnected. Um, body work, rolling. So after this, after we get done with this podcast, um, we are going to go in front of the war wall. You have your table over there. I haven't had your beautiful hands on me in a while. And what, what's famous. the name of your podcast? Our podcast is uh, Bo High Tower. Bo High Tower. Yeah. yeah. Um, YouTube. YouTube. Instagram. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like hot ones. Yeah, yeah. You put somebody on the table, and um, and I told you I'm pretty trash right now. Not from today's workout. Yesterday's workout was horrific. Um, I was traveling. I came back after long flights on sun on Saturday. Then I worked out Saturday night. I worked out Sunday, and then horrible workout yesterday. And then cool boxing workout this morning. Um, so uh, you're, there'll be plenty of places on my body for you to make me squirm. And it's cool because in your podcast, you we we talk about things right. as we're working through. Um, is, is there a little? Because as you're talking, you have to breathe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard when you're having deep tissue work to breathe. Right. So is this one of your clever little get arounds to actually positively affect somebody's body while you're? Yeah, it's something like that. But more than anything, it's, it's you know, we're all defensive when you're on a podcast and you're wondering like, hey, am I saying the right thing? Is somebody going to be mad at me? When I can disarm you a little bit, we get yeah. a little bit more honest answers. You can never disarm me. We're in the front of the war wall. You could probably reach. A, you're probably armed right now, aren't you? I'm just right here. Right here. Yeah, we're good to go. Get something on the ankle. Well, this is. Uh, um, no, actually, my gun's over there. Okay. Wow. Tim yeah. Kennedy's more than five feet from a gun. Yeah, I know. But we're in my this building. I'm also about that far from mine. Yeah, is uh, is a <laughs> fortress. That that little first room that yeah, you yeah. walked in. It's literally a kill box. Okay. So first, that those windows that mm-hmm. they buzzed you in when mm-hmm. you're like, bing and they had to let you in. Yeah. Once you get into there, those doors, those are all exterior doors with entry-proof, shatter-proof glass 
on them. Okay. And for you to come into the next section, they physically had to scan you in to bump you into the next section. You're in a rectangle, rectangle kill box and everybody at that front staff carries a gun. So like to come into my building, right. you have two doors to get through to come into like what is chill and relax. And then everybody here is awesome. Yeah. We call that murder row. Doug, how scary are the people over there? Matt. Frightening. What makes him scary? Former Delta Force, oh, okay. retired Sergeant Major. Guys like you. Um, Master Sergeant. But like Ratter. Like they're all Ratter people than me. Yako Kalili, professional fighter, black belt. Zach Mayo, black belt. Carl came from DevGrew. Um, you know, it's just like. Take, Aren't take. you like a 20 stripe black belt? Yeah, man, I don't know. The, the more stripes you get just means the order that you are. <laughs> doesn't. Um, so you get you, the coral. Yeah, it doesn't make you better. And even like the coral. Like when I see a coral belt, I'm like, nice. Just kick him to the hip. <laughs> you know, like he's just old and broken. He's broken. Yeah. That's funny. So yeah, probably the last, um, I don't know how much body work you get done out here, but my boy Greg worked on you a while back. Uh, him and him and Matt Finney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's down in Florida now, so shout out to Dr. Greg. He's great. Yeah. He's down at uh, Deerfield Beach. He's with Phil DeRue, like Silcliffe. Yeah. And then we have an office at uh, Extreme Couture as well. So we have two providers there, Dr. Carlos and Dr. Sean. So they work with the fighters over there. So uh, we've expanded out to a lot of fight gyms. There's, yeah. there's uh, 14 of us now Whoa. that I've trained. Yeah. And I think when you came, it was just me and Greg probably. That's right. Just and I don't think Greg, Greg, Greg was like in some phase of training. finishing yeah, his training. Yeah. Um, like he could – he was hands-on, but he, he he wasn't like cleared to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, since then he finished his massage program, and then he got a doctorate in apropathic medicine. So three years of grad school there too. So he's he's super legit now. We were in Las Vegas at the week before SHOT Show and also the week before a UFC fight. And Matt and Greg were both there. We were at this pro gun club. It's this huge shooting facility um, on the Boulder City side of Las Vegas. And um, I had been on the range hammering. I was also doing some R&D stuff for, for FN and Genesis Arms. So like, I'm essentially shooting. I'd work out at like 5 a.m. And then I would get to the range at sunrise and I would shoot from sunrise to sunset for a week leading up to shot show, which is then on my feet for about 18 hours a day. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's largest industry in, in industry in the shooting world week for, for us. And, uh, Greg gets there. I'm on concrete and gravel for 16 hours a day. And uh, he, he l- saved my life. Okay. I was in so much pain just from like, you know, and, and you're like up and you're running, and you're underneath a car, yeah. and you're just filthy and you're dirty, you know, and, and um, you're fighting for sleep, but the, but it's two weeks out of the year that you just have to hammer. There's not a lot that you can do. And, uh, and he came in there. He literally just popped a table up in the middle of the shooting range yeah. in the shoot house that we we're doing. Yeah. And I get on the table and he starts getting into my posterior chain and my hamstring, and my hips. And like, he starts trying to like release my psoas and I was just being the biggest baby. <laughs> um, it was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. a big shout out to him. I think one of the, you had brought Matt in for, who was it? Was it Bisping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was bent over, couldn't stand up straight. You're like, Hey, can yep. you help my coach? Yep. Cause he can't even walk. Yeah, I love Matt Finney. Funny he, guy. He is a funny guy. He's also a great human. Yeah, he's um, he has a lot of a lot of layers to him. He's like an onion. Yeah, yeah, he makes, is. Makes people cry. Yeah. <laughs> and he's talented at everything he does. Whether he's holding a camera, whether he was boxing, um, you know, counter human trafficking. He kind of did a lot of a lot of things. Yeah. 
So how is Albuquerque? Albuquerque is uh, it's getting worse, you know. It. Uh, what is going on with New Mexico? Well, I think you know you, you're probably familiar. There was a there was a police shooting. It was 2012 or 14 where they were in the in the foothills and there was a homeless guy, long history of mental illness. He had assaulted officers before. Um, I saw the shooting. I watched it a few times. Yeah, I think I the, even did a, with the a dog. video on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the DOJ came down, hammered APD pretty hard, put a bunch of restrictions in on them. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that they, they can't do anymore, they can't pursue. Um, Lame. So they have to call Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office to try to pursue. And so the criminals Lame. know that, so they run. Yep. You know, and they, they drive off. Literally incentivizes criminals to be more criminal. I think they changed the law to where if somebody tries to run you over with, with their car, that's not considered deadly force. You can't respond with deadly force. I got into, into somebody got into it with somebody on Instagram yesterday, mm-hmm. which I very rarely do. Um, there was a carjacking armed robbery inside of a car, and the people in the car started fighting back. The guy with the gun um, starts to squirt and running runs back to the getaway car. The getaway car dumped like ditches him, mm-hmm. and the car pulls out and then runs over the dude with the gun. And in my mind, I'm 100% okay. This is still clear self-defense. The right. dude still has a gun. They, he just tried to carjack and wrap him. He's repositioning. And people are like, no, no, this is clearly the offense has switched sides. And like the guy in the car now became the person assaulting slash murdering the other guys. Like the dude with the gun that just tried to ride these, rob, rob these other people that is running. You don't know where he's running to. Like I promise you, if I want to kill you right. and you and I start fighting, I'm not going to stay in front of you. I'm going to reposition, shoot, move, communicate, medicate. Right. So the second thing is move. You know, movement is life. So like, anyways, I can't handle these people. And that's you know, I'm not made for this world. Right. There's the there's the right thing, and then there's the legal thing, and they're not always the same any particularly anymore. You know, it's like we talked about that. They're having a ton of retail crime where people are just you know, it's like San Francisco. We just go in there and start emptying out the store, and we're all standing there like suckers in line to pay. Yeah, you know, and there's essentially the, all the store owners or the employees are told not to do anything. Call the police. Okay, the police aren't going to come. Do you see Lululemon fired? Yes, that employee that yeah. tried to stop it, that. They guy. didn't even do anything really, but yeah. you know, they told him to no, get out. Like, <laughs> yeah, not even. I, I, when I say do something, right. all he said was, "Don't steal our stuff." Yeah, God forbid. Get out. Right. And Lululemon's like. No, it's fine if people can. And you, employee, that was trying to protect our goods. Right. You You're were the, the bad wrong. guy. And we're not going to support our own team here. And, yeah. You know, that's the world we live in, right? These corporations, they'll just deduct the losses and all that kind of stuff. They don't and, deduct the losses. They not or, they deduct the losses and then they pass it on to the customers right. that are actually paying for their stuff. Right. So the prices go up. But yeah. they'd rather do that than have to deal with some sort of lawsuit. Lulu, or I'll go back there. Hit back. Lululemon stands by decision to fire employee Wild. who intervened in robbery. Do you watch a, what's that Netflix show, um, Strange Things? Yeah, I've seen it. Where the, it's like the upside down world uh-huh. and everything in the uh-huh. upside down world is yeah. like evil and dumb. Yeah, that's now. Um, that's right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I just cannot understand. If I walk into Target and at the eye level of my three-year-old, I see a bunch of things that are grooming my child to be okay to talk about sex, I'm in the upside down world. If I own a company and people are coming into my business to steal things from me, and one of my employees tries to stop them, but I'm supposed to think that person's the bad guy, we're in the upside-down world. If there's a criminal that is going and committing a crime and then trying to get away from committing the crime, and I'm not allowing the police to stop that person, we're living in the upside-down world. Or or give, you know, civil and criminal immunity to other people in the store. (sighs) Like, 
Let us stop them then if, you're, so if, how you, do, if you don't how do, want to do it, you know. How do we change the trajectory that we're on right now? I don't know. Do you have hope? I mean, the, you know, the, the, Can we vote it out? This is part of the problem, you know, with democracy, right, is, is you know, the average person votes a lot. And, you know, if they're conditioned to think that these people are the victims and, oh, you know, you'll hear, oh, they're just hungry. They're hungry for 17 bottles of liquor that they're yeah. selling on the street corner. They're... You know, all, all this retail crime where they're setting up shops, you know, on the corner and undercutting the price of the store or selling it online, you know, they're not stealing this stuff for themselves. They're literally stealing it and selling it and not paying any taxes on it either, obviously. Yeah. But the rest of us have to pay, you know, 40, 42%. So we've just created like a two-tiered system in society. It's like, you know, and, and you know, you know, Mike Simpson, the, you know, one thing we found out during covid and afterwards is that people with licenses don't have a first amendment right apparently no that people can report you to your your board or authority um if you say something that hurts somebody's feelings or something that you know turned out to be true later uh yeah. but at the time you were censored and they you know they can use those boards as a way to literally take away your life your livelihood you know the thing that you went to school for 15 years for that you pay thousands of dollars annually for malpractice insurance and ceus and all those things but you hurt somebody's feelings online, or you said something that doesn't jive with the, you know, the big farmer or the medical establishment, and all of a sudden, they can take away your lifestyle. So, yeah. you know, they a lot of us don't. You know, some people have brass balls and they'll just do it anyway. Uh, you know, but a lot of us are like, man, I have a family to think of. I can't really speak out against things, and so they use that and they know that, and they they squeeze a lot of people that way. Yeah, I've lost all confidence. Not some. I've lost all confidence in the entire medical industry. There's not a single thing that any doctor can say that I'm going to be like. Yeah, you're you're doing this from um, the patient's well-being perspective. You're not, and you, and I know that because you lied to us for four years. And the ones that disagreed were disbarred, not disbarred. They they lost their licenses right. for practice. They lost their board certifications, and because they spoke out. And they're like, no, 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 follow the science. So the, the the science says this because everybody else that said anything different, right. you silenced. Right. And that's insane. The science TM. Yeah. yeah. There's a little asterisk next to science because yeah, yeah. it's just the science that you agreed with that you were able to promote with a whole bunch of organizations that are captured by the pharmaceutical industry. So sorry, guys. I'm out. Yeah. I, um, I'm, there's, there's a bunch of stuff lately with that, too. It was like after 2020, uh, the AMA came out and said race was a social construct, you know, so therefore. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, that is true. But there are ethnic differences in genetics. You, you can't tell me. And John Jones should probably wear the same sunscreen. Like yeah. there are differences, you know, some people are lactose intolerant based on their ethnicity. Like, you know, if we live in a world where there I'm are Irish, no... I'm going to have a tiny pecker. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> you, know, you know, if there are no facts, uh, what, what, what is the world? If I can get a pap smear just because I say that I am, um, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> and you're, you're seeing this over and over again. I saw an article yesterday where they said they were banning um, transgender athletes from cycling, but the headline from NBC said, uh female right it said female but you guys used the words before you said okay woman and man is a social construct right these are genders whatever that new term is but female and male were sexes although then it was assigned at birth however then rfk makes a statement about hey man there's there's these forever chemicals and and you know endocrine disruptors and which I th it's obvious we've we've been finding them we know that they're estrogenic could that be somewhat behind some of the numbers that we're seeing in, in the trans or things like that? Which we don't know for sure, right? Like you have to study it, but it's a, a plausibility. And then those same scientists come out and say, no, no, sex is a determinate conception. <laughs> but wait, you just told me that it was assigned at birth. 
Like the the truth is, it was at conception. We know, like once yeah. it had its unique DNA, that was what that person was going to be. With some, you know, extremely rare outliers called, you know, DSD or or intersex. But for the vast majority of people, the norm- ninety nine points. It's wild that when you say outliers, I mean, we're talking like crazy yes. far statistical outliers, and they be- and they exist and they're beautiful sure. and I love them. And as an American, as a libertarian, like one hundred percent want you to feel included. But for the other 99.99999%, right. this is how it looks. And, and that's how we create rules and laws. And, and if there's, you know, if there's two sports, right, there's male and female sports, right, or boys and girls, or whatever you want to call it, right? You know, I was watching a, a hearing with the senators, and they go, is there more than five genders? And they couldn't answer the question. It's like, well, <laughs> I believe that that person should be able to compete in the sports with a gender that they agree with. Is there more than five genders? I don't know. It's not up to me to say. Yeah. Well, if there's more than two then gender doesn't have anything to do with the sport because we only have two categories. Yeah. So those categories are obviously by sex, right? Yep. So then, you know, the more you the more you think about it, you're like, okay, so gender is definitely a social construct. doesn't have anything to do with it. So why are we even talking about it? I mean, I, I don't know. And within the sport, those two categories have XX chromosomes and XY chromosomes. And the ones that are... The difference between those two categories and those two genders for them to compete athletically is because one of them has huge physical advantages. Right. And the other one doesn't. Right. And so, you know, as much as we don't want to say it, females are a protected class in this sense. Like if it wasn't, it would be the open division. You could call the men the open division or, yeah. or, or whatever. Right. But we, we have categorizations for people so that they have a fair opportunity to compete. Right. We have Little League. There's age, you know, parameters for a reason. I can't. Wait. Classes. Yeah. You can't say, hey, I'm 12 and go out there and smash home runs and go to the Little League World Series. Right. Yeah. And you're like, well, I identify as a 12 year old, yeah. which, which, by the way, you know, <laughs> is much less objectively true what your age is. Like, do we actually know how old we are? We're just told what day we're born on, right? If I asked you to prove how, you know, what date you were born on, do you have your birth certificate on you right now? Yeah. Like, you don't remember it. You're just being told that this is the, how old you are. And then that thing actually changes. So our age does change where your sex is not changing, right? It's yeah. always the same. So you're telling me that I, I can't I can't identify as a different age, but I can identify as a different sex? We're in the upside down world. I, I can't, I can't understand it is it possible that i could say hey i'm 63 i want my social security right now yeah well, not to the irs you can't because they're very clear about their rules oh so then the age thing really i yeah. can't identify at that point right it's like so a father of three is, daughters is that really inclusive no it is not <laughs> um i want inclusivity for them that they can go sure. and do anything um i also want them to compete in fair categories and um Correct. them and that, that's all those categories, right? That's the age, weight, you that's know, right. sex. So if they dedicate their lives to, to, to being great at a thing and then they get on a podium and then do – and a competitor with an XX chromosome beats them right. and they don't go to the Olympics or they don't get a scholarship or you know they're not the number one because it's just so wrong. Right. Riley Gaines, you know, not, not getting her national championship yeah. you know, after spending her entire life working for this moment. Yeah. Because we were in this moment where we're like, "Hey, let's support this other person, yeah. uh, who I love, and I and I and I love and respect that they can choose anything for their life, um, but their choices cannot negatively affect somebody else's, and that's where the line in the sand is. Right. And I'm super cool and sure. inclusive, and 100 will support you in anything. If you're a, if you're a consenting adult of sound mind, that's body, right, right. But when your choices start being projected on other people's lives negatively, we've we've done cross the line, right? And uh, and 
I'll fight for you and I'll protect right. you as long as you're on this side of the line. When you start inching over here where you start negatively inf- impacting my life or my children's lives. And that's what we've seen across the board is, you know, these people that we used to call liberals or whatever, the Bill Mars, the Joe Rogans, the people like that, that are just saying, hey, listen, all I'm asking in these particular cases, leave kids alone yep. and just keep them out of the women's sports. Like, I don't think these are. Yeah. This, this is what makes you right wing. I guess I guess we saw the MSNBC article the other day, right? If you exercise your right wing. I, what the heck? I guess I'm, I guess I'm yeah, super man. right. Right. Even right. as a libertarian, I guess I'm definitely conservative leaning. Well, but, now, but now that now the Overton I'm window is right shifted. Because I'm, I'm uh, an exercise person. Where I think we, we talked about this a long time ago because, you know, I think I think our generation generally – I think there are generations that lean certain ways overall. I think Gen Xers and older millennials tend to have like libertarian worldviews as a whole, yeah. like as their you know modus operandi, uh, where I think the boomers were more like neoliberal and, you know, or, or maybe even traditional liberals, what we would call them on average. Obviously, the silent generation is very conservative. And I think the Gen Z are like they view the world from a social socialist point of view. And uh, had it so good, you know, <laughs> as the Overton window changes, all of a sudden you get recategorized. Elon Musk is now a right wing extremist. And, you yeah. know, that what did, what, did, what did that Dr. Hotez call? It was Rogan, RFK Jr., Elon Musk were a like coalition of fascists or something like that. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So the people that advocate for free speech the most are fascists. Yeah. But the guy <laughs> that has been captured by the pharmaceutical industry and is regurgitating a bunch of false data um is the one that is i mean that's let's call a spade a spade like yeah. that, that guy's lost his mind and and what if they were if we just be honest and say that listen medicine is a really soft science like we it's like nutrition right like we're we have parameters but it's very hard to run really good scientific studies it's not physics like we don't have hard and set rules so we're trying to work through the parameters the way that we need to and, you know, there's stuff that, like, for sure we know works really well, like the polio vaccine and, you know, the MMR vaccine. And, and you know, if you listen to RFK talk, like, if you actually hear his whole discussion, you go, yeah, we went from three to, you know, whatever to, you know, 70 or something, right? And they're like, that, that seems a little intense, especially since we live in a very clean society compared to what we used to. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about the, the Middle Ages where people are throwing excrement onto the streets. <laughs> You know, we, we have soap now, we we have antibiotics, we, you know, it's a much cleaner society. So, and there is some level of, of you know, uh, herd immunity, both from previous vaccination and from exposure to different things. So if you choose not to get your child, you know, vaccinated against polio, the odds of if they're in Texas or New Mexico or something, of them contracting it from somebody because there is herd immunity around them, pretty low. Yeah. It would totally suck if they did, but it, it seems to me that, you know, if we let people make decisions about their health for other things, particularly parents let decisions about their children, that might be something that we would let them, you know, make a choice for. And these are two different topics too. One is a medical topic and one is a liberty societal topic. And they overlap, you know, it was just like the COVID vaccines. I mean, I took two shots. Uh, I was one of the first groups to get it. Uh, You know, me being the contrarian I am, seven months later, if people were like, you have to do this or whatever else, I'm probably not going to. And things changed, right? Like. It, the vaccine probably worked very well for the, the original strain. Uh, the thing mutated very fast, and so it was essentially ineffective fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of problems with the way the studies were designed. The, the shot, you know, not telling us which ones for which population group to start off with. So, for example, I got Moderna, two shots with three weeks apart uh, for a male in their 30s. Probably not the best idea, uh. given Moderna had triple the amount of mRNA as Pfizer. 
Um, and that's the group where we were seeing, you know, the signal for, you know, heart issues or things like that. You know, J&J probably would have been a better one for me. And if you were a 20, 20 year old girl and wanted to get a vaccine, you know, maybe you would have done Moderna or we really should have used those in the elderly if that's what it was. But yeah. we, we weren't really allowed to, we weren't even, girl even healthcare providers, we weren't allowed to know that. Yeah. But if you're a girl under 50, you didn't need it. Well, most likely. Right. I mean, because we're talking about. Yeah, a, I mean, you had, had a crazy amount of comorbidities for you to under. I mean, under fifty, the, your chance of dying from COVID as a woman were nearly zero. It was, you know, I, I would like you know, it's, a, it's it's impossible to find right now. But yeah, because everything's know, being hidden. Well, you know, what's what's the current case fatality rate? You know, what's the prevalence in the population? Oh, try to find some data right now on on any of this. Right. All right. So we're gonna go over. We're gonna hop on your massage table. Um, it's not a massage table. It's a torture table. And um, where can people find your you and where can they find um, your podcast and where can they find um, your practice? Yeah, our practices are in Las Vegas, uh, Albuquerque and South Florida. So you can go to elite-osm.com and book with one of our providers. Uh, if you're looking for our podcast and all that stuff, just Bo Hightower. Bo Hightower. Google it. It'll pop up. You can Sick. find us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, the Big Red Machine, uh, Rumble. Do I need to take my pants off for this? You can take your pants off and jacket. Okay. All right. All right. This is the About Violence podcast with Bo Hightower, longtime friend and uh, torture with his hands, but also gentle sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like an even combination of both. Um, if you have questions about this, go into the comment section. Um, if there are topics or people that you want us to interview, um, whether it's friends from my circle or other people that you want us to reach out to, please go in there and tell us about it and we'll go and get it. Um, thank you for following this. Tell other people to follow it and uh, like this and then tell everyone to get out and vote this coming year because it's really going to get crazy. It's going to get spicy. It's going to get real. So you, so you have to ask yourself what what uh, crazy events are going to happen next year to drive up the vote. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, was it an accident that uh, no. you know, all the things happened in 2020? Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you look, this, uh, every election, every election year for a really long time, mm -hmm. really, really, really weird things happen every election year. Yep. And the media so, amplifies them and yep. gets everybody in a. Yeah. Every time. Get prepared. Every time. Get trained. T today's, uh, this year is going to be kind of a low end year as far as that's concerned, as far as, you know, um, riots and, I don't think and so. lockdowns. But I... ne next year. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 24. Yeah, yeah. Starting somewhere around February, going all the way through October. Yeah. We're going to have all kinds of chaos. Get and, ready. You know. Okay. God bless America. Stay safe. Stay free.